To be a wordsmith is defined as a person who writes, an author, a journalist, a person who commits their thoughts to paper. But I believe it is so much more. The ability to craft a story, to change lives, to transport the ordinary life to an extraordinary place, to put words on paper and awaken the imagination in ways that the reader never dreamed possible. Yes, to have the ability to see what isn't there and make you see it too. To awaken the senses in new and amazing ways like feeling a cool breeze on a hot summer day on your cheek. To smell wildflowers as they bloom. To taste a delicacy on foreign soil. To feel like you've never felt before. Touching places long forgotten. Connecting your soul in new ways. That's what writers do. It's my pleasure to host Carolina Writers Speak, a new podcast, a chance to hear actual writers' voices, hear what inspires them, experience their trials and their struggles, and realize that we all have a story and it's worth telling. This is Rose Cushing, host of Carolina Writers Speak, a literary podcast featuring authors from North and South Carolina. Very excited today. Our guest is Kay Watley, and I met Kay through her writing of the Gray Area newspaper. But she's also a publisher and has books out and articles and has done lots and lots of things. So, Kay, tell us a little bit about you. Hi, right, good morning, Rose. Uh, well, uh as you said, my name is Kay Watley. I live uh, right here in Zebulon, North Carolina, on the Franklin County side, and belong to the uh, Franklin County Writers Guild. And uh, I've been, uh, gosh, I've been writing for a while, but uh, just got into fiction maybe about uh, seven years ago. And you've published um, at least three books I know of, so can you tell me a little bit about your books and, and the work you've done there? Sure. Um, I have two novels. Uh, the first is called Making Corrections, and it's a, a time travel story that uh, revolves around a, a widow. Um, and it's something that I wrote uh, or needed to write after uh, my husband had passed. And then uh, that ended up with a sequel uh, called Try Out of Pine that went forward with the story. And there's one around here somewhere in a pile of paper that might come out. Uh, <laughs> and then I have a, a book of short stories that I published about two years ago uh, that is a stuck from a cluttered mind, which kind of uh, explains me and my mind. <laughs> I love the title of that. How did you come up with Eclectic Dust? That's so cool. It took a while. It's just, I have a tendency to sit down and write short stories uh, sporadically, and I, so, very rarely does one lead on to another. They're usually completely different animals, and so it was an eclectic collection when I started pulling it together, and so the title kind of evolved from that. That's really cool. Do you you want to tell us a little bit about some of your stories? Oh, sure. Um, so I, I do write a lot of very 
thing for some of the stories that there's a story about an artist and uh, she moves into a home and she finds something kind of odd in the basement. Uh, and then there's another story that's completely different. It's about uh, some weird creatures. Uh, and so some of the stories are, are set in kind of a normal life, and some of them are set in strange worlds. That sounds really, really interesting. And is that that book is available on Amazon? It is uh, Amazon and it's paperback, or you can get the ebook, and it's also available through uh, Barnes and Noble and other stores. Although there, you have to order it, uh, or you can go to the Franklin County Arts Council, and it's available in their little bookstore. Okay. Okay. And um, do you have your books in Books a Million? You know, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I do, they are published through the through self-publishing through uh, Ingram Micro. Uh-huh. Wait, I'm sorry. Ingram Sparks. Right, Ingram sorry. Sparks. That's okay. <laughs> I used to work in a different industry, so yeah. I haven't published through Ingram Okay, I was just curious because I know we have we don't have Barnes and Nobles close to me in Middlesex, but we do have books of millions like Rocky Mountain, Goldsboro, and different places. Oh, gotcha. So just curious. Now, triad of time. Tell me about this. Well, I guess we should start with making connections, mm -hmm. huh? Um, if you want to start with the first one, it's uh, Making Corrections, um, and it is, it's about a widow who needs a time travel, and that's not a spoiler, I think that's literally on the back of the cover. Um, yeah. It came from, just, I had this story that just kept going around in my head about um, life and death and all sorts of things, as you can imagine, when... Uh, when my husband passed away, and so it, that that had powerful enough feelings that I actually sat down and wrote, you know, tens of thousands of words at a time, and the story can be spilling out of me uh, about this, you know, um, and it's the time travel is kind of a quirky person, and so there's a little bit of humor, but it's um. In the book, I talk a lot about the ethics of time travel. You know, what should, if it could be done, what would be appropriate to use it for, that kind of thing. Right. So, I noticed that on, I love your, your cover for this book because it's an hourglass. And it, mm -hmm. lo it looks like the sand is going out of the hourglass to travel in time. So that's really a cool cover. Did you design that? I came up with the idea, but I am not an artist. I actually had someone make that for me. So, um, yeah, that's my concept. That's certainly not my work. Somebody with actual talent uh, mm -hmm. made all the colors. <laughs> well, it's really, really good. Um and then your next book that was the sequel to that is The Triad of Time. So tell me just a little about that. And you did that one in large print. That's you, Usually people don't do a large print book, so we'll talk about that too in a minute. Yeah, 
Okay, great. Um, yeah, I actually did both of the novels in uh, large print. Okay. Um, now, the triad of time continues the story of the time traveler and kind of his adventures forward from the original story, and some of the characters carry forward with him. And that's more about he is having some issues and looking for uh, a way forward himself, oddly enough, as a time traveler. So it talks about where he came from and where he's going and his own dilemmas. But again, it kind of wraps up with that whole, you know, what are the ethics of time travel? What do you do? And what are the repercussions? Right. Right. And that's such an interesting concept. I, I, I want to read both of those. So I noticed you've written a lot of short stories, too. So tell us a little bit about that process and, and how many you've done. I'll say countless. I have, I have no idea how many short stories I've written. And unfortunately, there's a whole pile waiting for me to pay attention to them. Um, what, uh, what's been an amazing vehicle for me as a writer, though, is our local writer's guild. Through the Arts Council publishes an anthology every year where uh, there are short stories and poems, uh, even art that's published from mostly from this area. And it's been great to be able to submit to that anthology each year. And I've had some different short stories selected, so they end up published in this beautiful book with you know, dozens of others. called County Lines, and that is also available on Amazon. Um, it, it is a beautiful book, and I think short stories are a great way for a person that writes to get started writing, because, you know, when you sit down to write and you think, I want to write a book, and, and I'm 80% of the world wants to write a book, but then when you sit down to do it, it's so overwhelming. But a short story or a magazine article is a great way to get your feet wet. And to be able to submit it, and sometimes there's a small fee, sometimes it's free, but you're submitting and you get multiple people reading and uh, potentially giving you some feedback. So it's nice to have uh, that available for someone who does want to just dip in and see if they can be a writer. Absolutely. And so, you know, tell us a little bit about your newspaper because that's a very interesting facet of your life as well. Uh, it is. It's, uh, it's a great area of news, and uh, I've been publishing it since, gosh, 2011. Uh, my husband actually came up with the concept of a local newspaper that not only helps parents to find out where they can take their kids to do things and find out what's going on locally, but also to have a little fun in it, talk about local UFO sightings, uh, the latest Bigfoot sighting, so forth. So the newspaper came together as a, a local news and unusual news vehicle uh, and has been going on now for about 11 years. Uh, was in print to begin with and now we're online. That's amazing. And, and I know that you have 
thousands of readers because I've been reading it for a very long time as well. Awesome. I'm glad to do that. Oh, yeah. Ronnie and I always picked up a copy, and now we read it online, you know, because it's very hard to get good local news about your area, and I, I've tended to turn off television news, and my life is much better, and your news gives us all we need to know. <laughs> and we try to stay positive. We've yeah. got a good news, bad news section, but even the bad news, we always have a positive sense, so we try to make it positive because so many papers want I know, I know, I, I, I hate that they constantly feed the human instinct for blood because that's a, an unhealthy way to think and, um, you know, I try to surround myself with positivity too because you can see enough bad stuff, you don't have to seek it out. Oh yeah, easy to find. Yes, definitely so. So, with your newspaper, tell us a little bit about how you go about finding the news and, you know, how do you go about um, seeking out stories and things for your your paper? Uh, you know, it's, in this information age, uh, it's easier than it used to be. Uh, you know, it used to be going out and hearing names and then chasing down those names and finding out what they were all about. And there's still some of that, but there's, it's... Uh, so easy nowadays for even individual artists or small galleries to put out press releases. So over the this you know decade plus, we built up a rapport with a lot of places in the area, which is kind of a five county area in Edgecombe County. And so we receive a lot of press releases of what's going on, who's putting out a play or who's. Uh, going to be holding a, an open house and what new business is coming to town. So it's, uh, there's a lot more gathering and refining than in the old days when you'd be in the car driving around and talking to people face-to-face. -face. Especially the, the pandemic changed that a lot too because you could not go out and speak with people for a while. For sure. That, that changed the whole face of our planet, unfortunately. So even in this um, electronic age, when I, I know when I did my magazine, people still wouldn't send me their events. So you do spend a lot of time going out and finding them or trying to tune into newsletters and, and you know, email blasts from the chambers and different things so that they get sent to you. So is, that, is sending you information that's going on in the five-county area something that you want to tell our audience to, how to do so that you can stay abreast easier of things? Oh, I would love that. Um, it's always good to get information. Whether you, you know, send a message through our Facebook or uh, one of the other social media, or if you want to just email, uh, you can email to uh, kayw at grayarianews.com, and uh, I'd be happy to know what you have coming up. Great if I have a, a month or more notice. Uh, also great if it's a week away. Uh, but it's, I do like when folks take the time to send their events in so we know what's going on. Absolutely, and I'm, I would assume pictures as well if they have any pictures about it or advertising about it. That you know, or flyers, that, absolutely, yes. Yeah, that would be good for sure. Um, 
And you know, everybody out there listening, everything that gets sent in obviously doesn't make the paper. But if you don't send it, you don't have a shot at it. So, you know, That's right. keep everybody informed of your events because the more people you tell, the more people that know. Absolutely. And, you know, even if it doesn't make it into an upcoming events article on a newspaper, chances are I'm going to share the flyer on Facebook anyways. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it, you always need content for everything, so it, it's really beneficial to everybody and a win-win. So tell us a little bit about what kind of advice you would give to folks that are entering writing as a career or as a hobby, how to how to get started and how to go forward. You know, it's, it's horrible advice, but... It's the best advice I can give. Just write. Get it out of you and get it onto paper. Get it electronically. Do something because if it's just in your head, uh, what's going to happen is you're going to get discouraged much more quickly. So fill up a piece of paper or type yourself a note or even talk to Siri. Have Siri write the note. But get it out of you and somewhere where it exists separate from you, and you can edit it, you can show it to someone uh, when you're ready, but you just, you have to get it out of your head. Even if you think it's terrible, even if it's maybe not the direction you plan to go, write it anyway. And if you don't have a novel that you want to write, if you just want to get a story out that, you know, you could share with the family, I, I can't even tell you how many stories of our grandparents we haven't passed along to our kids because we didn't take the time over the years to write them down, and now we have to rack our brains to try to remember what Grandma told us or what Grandpa told us and so forth. So write it down, even if it's not a big thing, even if it's just a little thing that you might pass off to your uh, younger relatives 20 years from now. Take the time and get it out. I agree with you 100% because, you know, it's so cool to find out that people in your family that you may not have ever met had the same likes and the same opinions and enjoyed the same things that you enjoy because you get that feeling of connection of where you came from and belonging. And I think that storytelling, our family histories and memoirs is, is an art that is being lost. It certainly needs to be recaptured. Yes, it does. So, with the gray area news going digital, have you um, have you seen a lot of expansion in your base that follows you? I, you know, versus when you printed it. It shifted. It definitely shifted because we used to be in uh, about eight hundred different establishments around the area, and a lot of people carried it home and read it. Uh, and that shifted when we weren't in print anymore. We lost some of those readers, but we also gained readers who were online frequently or, you know, on social media, and they would link to the page. So we, we definitely picked up readers, and our readership changed to where it's about 70% local, and then the other 30% is across the country or around the world. Yeah, I would think, you know, that today our society is so transient that people that used to live here or know somebody that lived here would also be interested in reading the gray area news just to keep up, you know, with home or, or your friends' lives and things. So that's a great service that you provide to the communities. 
Well, we try. <laughs> uh, when you were writing your book, what was your biggest obstacle in getting it finished and getting it out? Uh, I, I have a tendency to not stop editing, uh, which I think is, uh, many writers have this issue where you think, well, I'll just give it one more pass before I show it to someone, or I'll give it another pass and maybe just wait and send it to an editor next year. Right. <laughs> to be this trying to polish and make something perfect when it's not supposed to be perfect at first. When I wrote for the newspaper in Spring Hope, Ken Ripley used to say to me, Rose, if you're going to write this story as a book, then I'm not going to worry about putting it in this week's edition. But if you want to have it printed in the paper, 5 o'clock Tuesday's the deadline. <laughs> yeah, they got my attention, you know. And I, I would say, but it's not, I'm not finished with it. It's not perfect. And he said, honey, it'll be somebody's dog cage liner tomorrow. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. <laughs> So he, he put it in good perspective that I could understand. <laughs> That's definitely a perspective. <laughs> yeah, newspaper writing is a different animal, you know, than, than the other things. Because when you do, like, for instance, oh, yeah. when you do a magazine, you know, people don't tend to throw magazines away because they're they're like books. And they're, it's hard to make yourself let it go in the trash. So, uh, right, you know, so pretty. Yeah, I know. And, and it has good stuff that's usually timeless, you know. So it's a, it's such a different animal for the different things that you write for. And um, do you with your newspaper? Do you store your issues so people could go back and look at past ones, or is it like a, a regular paper where it's out and it's up for a time and then it's gone? It's you know it's a bit of both. Uh, since we went online only, it's you know the articles are there kind of forever, uh, sorted into different categories. But then of course the new stuff on top. But then we do have uh, PDFs available of every print version that we ever did back to 2011. That's nice. That's really nice. And and that's yeah, available on your website? It is, yes. And, you know, Big Fit articles and UFO articles are timeless anyway. So. Yeah, and <laughs> great research information. You know, I can't remember how many times I've been writing an article and I would think, now I read something about that and, and it was something important, you know, and you can go back and find those old articles. So that's really, really right. worth a lot. I have enjoyed talking to you immensely today, Kay, and I appreciate your insight into the different facets of your writing career because this podcast is designed for people, you know, that are all levels of writing. And sometimes when you think about writing and you, you don't haven't delved into it so much as a career, you, you don't realize that there are so many things that you can write a for or to or about that you get bogged down with trying to write a book and you never write at all. But, you know, you've opened our eyes to short stories, anthology publications, books, newspapers, magazines. I mean, that's that's really great advice for everybody to take into consideration. Well, thank you, Rosie. It's been a pleasure talking with you. All righty. Thank you so much, Kay. And as always, guys, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Everybody has a story. Just let your mind drift away and find yours. I know it's out there. What are you waiting for? <laughs>